Welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte, your host, and this week I have two lovely guests with me. Uh, Caroline Guillet, from, uh, who's one of my co-committee members from SYP Oxford, and Nia Jones, who's from Oxford University Press. Welcome, both of you. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about a subject that comes up a lot when people are applying for jobs in publishing and that's the subject of job rejection which all of us have <laughs> experienced um and what i guess one of the things that would be interesting to get your thoughts on is why you guys think um job rejection is such a major part of applying to get into publishing um, I mean, if I can start straight away, I think it's um, the increased competition that we are seeing um, in our industry as well, uh, because um, not only people like me with a publishing background, publishing degree, apply for these jobs, but people from English Lit, History, um, just people from all like walks of life apply to publishing and even transfer from other departments as well. So we are mm -hmm. seeing, and especially in lockdown, and we'll come back to it later, I think, an increase in competition, I think. Yeah, I, I second, I second uh, Caroline. It's very, um, it's so competitive just because I think it's so many people's passion relates to working in publishing. There's so many people that love books and see this as a real sort of career to go into if you're interested in that. And I think you're competing against such a wide variety of people. Some people have job experience, uh, a degree experience, so many different things, it's hard. Yeah, I think a lot of the time it's hard to know what experience is needed for the different departments as well. And as well, not knowing because there's so many departments in publishing that people don't know about. Like what, what skills do you need to work in production? Like I work in publishing and have no idea what happens <laughs> in production. <laughs> so I yeah, guess I think um that is like super um, tricky because uh, some uh, publishers might ask for like two years of experience in something and it's still an entry level role so sometimes you like i don't understand uh, where this job stands on um in the career ladder kind of you know you can't advertise for experience um and ask for experience if um it's like an assistant job definitely and that's something that is quite prevalent I feel in publishing that's not so much in in other industries I mean I don't know about you guys obviously Caroline you you've done a publishing master's but I did I was lucky enough uh, to be able to um, do an unpaid internship I did uh, two months um, at Jackie Small Publishing at the beginning of my career and was lucky enough that I could live at home to do that I mean did you guys do sort of unpaid work before you got your start yeah i had a very similar uh, thing happen where i sort of graduated uh wanted to work in publishing i did the two weeks in penguin random house which is the most expensive thing i've ever done <laughs> um and then realized that there was actually publishing houses in wales but the issue was obviously that they don't necessarily offer money to do it mm. um and so i did two weeks with a poetry publisher and then i think probably what got me my job at the university press is i worked for 
um, University of Wales uh, Press for like seven months for two days and then worked my admin job at Next around that. It was pretty wild, but I, I think it probably got me to where I am. So. I think it's important um, to know the distinction between uh, paid experiences and um, like properly like um, just um, yeah internships and stuff like that because um, although you can learn things on the job um, if you are working full-time you need to be paid it's by, by the law um, that should happen so um, I think there's a balance to have you can start um, alongside your, your degree part-timing somewhere um, having voluntary experiences uh, like me at VSYP or other committee members we are learning so much about the industry without actually being paid but we I personally love my my role there um, but then after if you want to really learn things on the job um, paid experience is necessary I guess yeah I think that more recently the unpaid internships are hopefully dying a death <laughs> Um, fingers crossed. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> um, and there are, yeah, I mean, there I've are, seen significantly less of them. Yeah, and I've seen a lot more um, paid ones out there as well, and ones that are more flexible, particularly for for students uh, and things like that. So I think it is definitely, definitely changing. Um, and how long did it take? you guys sort of through applying to get your first job in publishing? I think uh, for me it was pretty much a year. I graduated um, May time um, in 2018 and I got my OEP role in uh, August of 2019. So pretty much a year, it was a while. Um, for me, um, so it's a bit um, different because I'm not yet uh, finished my studies. Like um, I still have a few weeks to go. So all the experiences I have in publishing so far are either voluntary internships and right now a part-time uh, job with a, an indie publisher. So that, I think that is also a great lead for people who are working, we're willing to start in the industry is to turn to smaller presses uh, because you have maybe like less competition than all these like big five um, work experiences and, and jobs. No, I think, I think that's great advice because I get the, the big five internships we get a lot more airtime than the smaller presses but actually I'd argue doing an internship in a smaller press will get you more experience because you get to be more hands-on in in more in more areas so that's definitely definitely a yeah, totally. for smaller presses I, I mean yeah I, I, my, my job at the moment like I do metadata typesetting and still like submission things as well so it's I can't really like have a name for the thing I do, but I get to see so many things. Um, and I think that's very valuable. Yeah, I found that my um, my experience that I got from even the two weeks that I did at Seren, the poetry publisher in Bridgend, um, it was so widely, I had so much more responsibility from the get-go than I did at the internship at Vintage that I did, which was wonderful. It was like a fantastic insight into publishing, but at the same time, they couldn't give me the sort of responsibility that Saren could because there's so many I can't they don't want me communicating with authors and things like that whereas Saren were much more like yeah do it go for it you want to have a go at that have a go at that have a go at that and it was much more sort of hands-on I got a lot out of that two weeks because I came in I did so I graduated oh god a long time ago now 
July, July 2015 um, and did two months at Jackie Small and then kind of hopped around for a bit and ended up at Waterstones and was there for just over a year before I actually got a, air quotes, proper publishing job. Um, so it's kind of, it's finding that sort of sideways experiences in some cases I guess um and I applied when I was at Waterstones I applied for I don't even know how many publishing jobs I applied for when I was at when I was at Waterstones um and it took a long time to get I think yeah it took yeah it took I think I was applying for like six months I think before I got my first job um while I was working at Waterstones so that's it can take a while I think it seems to be what I hear most um it takes takes a bit bit of time um and if it's not too personal a question how do you guys feel that you deal with job rejections when when unfortunately and inevitably it happens um I mean, if I uh, can start, I think um, there's like two kind of people. It's either you take it super well, like positive, like I'm learning so much about this rejection. I'm going to use it to improve my next application. But on the other hand, you also have these people. And I think sometimes I might be in that team uh, that get kind of um, defeated and take it personally because rejection is not pleasant. That's the thing. Um, but people shouldn't take it as a personal thing. It's just that you're not the right fit. And in the future, it might be kind of a good thing that you didn't get a job at all. Um, but it's a personal pep talk for myself. <laughs> yeah, um, I, think, I think originally when I was first looking, so I think I've gotten a lot better about not taking it personally and sort of balancing it out now as I start to look for a role, um, an executive sort of role as I look to step up. But my assistant roles, I definitely was in the boat of getting super defeated and dour because you you apply for so many and you get sort of very little feedback back, especially when I wasn't interviewing for stuff um, because you're just throwing your CV out there and they're like, oh, well, we don't need to email you back, which is fair enough. Um, we have um, many CVs, but yeah I've tried there's a lot of things that I do now to sort of make myself feel better and sort of let it go um but especially it, I think it's not taking it personally so it's nothing it is to it is partially to do with you always because it's an interview but it's not taking it not taking it personally and then asking what you did that you could do better and I usually then can figure out why they didn't hire me and then I feel better. Um, I recently went for a bunch of interviews um, where essentially they were like, oh, um, we didn't hire you. And I was like, oh, well, why? Like I work in your department. And they were like, well, you didn't give us enough detail on what you actually do. And I thought I'd done fine. I was like, yeah, we were having a great interview. But I think it's really been able to reflect back has made it a lot better but that is something that I think the publishing industry needs to be better about is especially is giving good feedback to interview candidates. Wholeheartedly agree with that I mean I've been to I've interviewed it for certain jobs where like I've taken a day of holiday and traveled and paid to travel into London and gone to an interview and then never heard from them ever again which I think is something that 
publishing needs to work on. <laughs> I, I think the worst in like rejection is no reply at all because although a long time means no success, obviously, it's kind of good for publishers to acknowledge the, th the fact that you've no, not like gotten the job. I saw a few times recently jobs I've applied to, like people saying on Twitter, for example, I got this job. I'm like, oh, I applied for this job. And I didn't even like hear that I didn't, I didn't get it. So acknowledgement that you're in success form is a good start for dealing with rejection. And if talking about feedback then, um, feedback is great. Um, and I will definitely want to see more of it. But I received some feedback that were not helpful at all because they were generic ones and the ones that they sent to all candidates, like not personalized. And I remember some saying like, oh, you didn't mention that you manage the software. And I read my application. It was like, I spent a paragraph explaining how I use that software in my job. Like, have you not read my application or what, what is the, what is wrong, you know? God, that's, yeah, that's very frustrating. And I would definitely recommend to anyone who's been to an interview, if you're not getting any feedback, definitely push for it because you can learn so much from, from the feedback you get. And I think I don't know if you guys would agree, but even being rejected from a job is still a learning process and you can pick that apart and so you then are for the next interview you go into you're even better prepared than you were the last time yeah. and i think as one, one of you guys said said earlier it's it's for the, for the right job for you the reason why you didn't get the previous job is yeah. because it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the right fit and that isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing yeah, I always, um, my mum always says, um, if it's not meant to be, it won't be, which I'm sure is a song as well. <laughs> but um, that, and I, I stopped calling, I stopped calling publishing jobs that I applied for my dream job. Um, I've stopped doing that in my own head, obviously, because I think sometimes when you set your heart and you see yourself in that role, it can make it that much harder when you don't actually manage to get it because for a wide variety of reasons, but I, yeah, I stopped sort of being like, this is my dream job. I really hope I get it <laughs> because it hurts. <laughs> I think um, with rejection comes also a lot of pressure in general because um, I've seen recently amazing communities uh, built from publishing hopefuls. So all over Twitter, on Facebook, mm -hmm. and through so many projects that are amazing, um, by the way, but publishing posts is something that people should check out definitely. Um, but there, there comes a pressure to do things uh, in the industry, I feel. Um, being visible, being active, creating things. I think during lockdown put pressure on a lot of um, people seeking entry-level roles and making them feel like if they haven't done anything, they wouldn't be employable, which is not true. Uh, there's other things that you can do to be visible. I don't know if you saw, but there was that thread on pub interns um, where they were talking about essentially that question being asked in an interview is what did you learn from COVID? What did you do uh, in the in this pandemic period? And the thing is, is why are you asking that <laughs> question in an interview? It's a horrible period of life. Don't ask that. 
<laughs> but some people like I um I've really enjoyed it I've taken I've done I haven't really enjoyed it <laughs> but I've managed to work on my blog a lot more <laughs> I've had a lot more free time on the weekends to really put into doing stuff but at the same time there is an immense amount of pressure to really sort of have done something and made something of this time when in reality it's incredibly stressful and you should just be able to do what you feel comfortable doing yes I've seen um Susan Collier she um identified a job posting that um asked the candidates to expand on what they did during lockdown like kind of how they made a difference in the industry almost and I think she managed to message the um HR and remove it because it was putting a lot of pressure on people and I think that is a good way to start like stopping asking for these things altogether. Yeah definitely because I think as you say this is it's such a stressful time and actually for a lot of people just getting you know through whatever however long this weird period is going to be is all they can cope with and that is fine that you don't have to go out there and set up your own publishing house to have succeeded at lockdown (laughs) i mean it is great that there are so many so many things that are being being done in in lockdown but don't and if you have done great but if you haven't don't worry um yeah it's you making sure that you're mentally healthy is is definitely definitely far more far more important than uh, than don't burn out like you wouldn't be um employable if you were nothing like if you manage to stay sane um during lockdown i think it'll put you in much more much in much a better position uh rather than just coming into the job market totally burn out and stressed um so we've talked a bit about this already but I guess what other things do you think publishers can do to be better at dealing with candidates that they are rejecting? Because I mean, we've said, you know, they don't give enough feedback uh, to us. Do you think there's anything else, any advice you would give to anyone you've potentially interviewed with um, uh, previously who, who um, you, what you'd wish they would have done better? I have one straight away um, that I realised like, like this week or so is um uh, when a job um has like a, a closing date um like the later you apply usually the like least you are going to be like, the least chances you're gonna get an interview um, i've noticed this pattern which i think shouldn't be there altogether because if the job is still open then it means that you are open to candidates and i've received um like rejection emails either on the night of or the day after, which means that they probably didn't like read and consider my application altogether. So having like shorter dates, like shorter deadlines to make sure that you have maybe less applications and it's easier to deal with. I think that will be a good start. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, even if it's automated, I think at a, at a CV point, so at like uh, submitting my CV to a job and getting rejected to that point, I would just like an automatic email. Please just tell me that I've been rejected because so many people, um, I have I've set a time limit where I'm only allowed to be obsessed with my email for about two weeks and then I have to let it go. But so many people wait months expecting a rejection email or even an interview email and never get it. And I think 
with interviews, you've got to provide feedback and real genuine feedback, especially at entry level, where these people are trying to make inroads into this industry, but you're giving them nothing to walk forwards with. They can't, you can't move on unless you give them something to step onto. Yeah, I just, it's always really strange to me. I had a similar experience with um, a apprenticeship that I went to, went for when I first started applying for stuff. And I went through, I think it was three interviews. I had to stay in London to go to this uh, all day interview. It was wild. And the feedback that I got was just that the person had more experience than me. I'd interviewed great. They really liked me. But they were like, well, um, the other person had more experience. And I, I came off and I was like, it's an apprenticeship. <laughs> How can you reject me on experience? And I think I think it genuinely is something that just happens in the industry where they think it's okay, especially with um, internships and things like that, to reject you based on experience. And I think it's horrific. No, it's not the point of an experience. And actually, to be fair, even like as someone who was I've applied from, I've moved jobs twice in um in my publishing career so far so I've worked at three different presses and even when I was applying for my third job and was getting rejected they the feedback I got was just we had someone else with more experience and it's like why can't you give me more than that <laughs> and I think yes I think for it's really hard because you do you can get down about it and I know that you said Nia, that you don't want to go in thinking you know, this is my dream job but to an extent mm-hmm. I, on a previous episode with um with Camille Burns she mentioned when she was applying for jobs that she was almost apologetic about the experience she didn't have and I think that that is something that a lot of publishing people identify with mm-hmm. and if I could give advice I would say be confident in what you can do going into an interview and tell yourself that you are the best person for that job because then you'll perform better I don't know if that's something that you guys yeah no one of the things I like to do before an interview is I print off the job description and I will write down how the experience how my experience I'll pick up points and be like how does my experience that I have now relate to these points and it can be the barest thing um, but it gives me that confidence that I could actually do the job. So when I go in and they ask me like, how would you plan a marketing campaign? I can be like, right, well, here's what I've done in my job. Even though I've never planned one myself, I can go, right, okay, well, here's the bits that I've done working with other people and how can I bring those back in? And I think in the age of remote interviews, it's really nice because you can, you can kind of have those notes there. You don't have to be, you don't have to leave them outside the room. Uh, yeah, I think anything you can do before an interview <laughs> to boost your confidence is is excellent. And I, I mean, I'm sure for some people that'll be something that'll give them a knock is going through the job description and finding things that you can't do. But um, I always tell myself that you should only be you should only be able to do 60% of that job. There should always be stuff that you're coming in that you need to learn. They can train you. That's the whole point of getting a new job is that they're going to train you and make you into a better more employable person and that should be something that when your manager when you get into that job that should be something that your manager is encouraging you to do yeah I, I always go especially like um, with online interviews as you said um, I always like write down on a little like post post-its on my my screen like pep talks and like little quotes like you are employable you can do it prove yourself and prove everyone else that you can do it um 
and um, preparing things in advance is kind of reassuring as well. Um, but just to come back to ideas, um, Charlotte, about what publishers can do, I also think um, identifying a point of contact for the candidate is essential because some job descriptions do have like an email address. Like if you have any like questions about this job, please message this person. But it's really rare, I think. And I've mostly like recently um, messaged people like, okay, am I going to waste my time and your time by applying? Can you just like guide me um, on like this or that uh, deadlines or um, things you want to see, especially? Um, yeah, to just um, make the most of your application. Definitely, I think yeah. if you do come across an application where there's a contact, I would I would recommend just dropping them an email, even if it is just to just introduce to ask yourself. a question. Yeah, and introduce yourself because then mm -hmm. you will stand out. Out. Yeah, of they've seen your name yeah. before. They um, visibility, and they know that you care about the job, and you're just not like just applying it like. 10 different jobs on that day um so because as much as like you you need to tailor your application they um they, they don't like they basically don't need to know that they that you are applying to like 10 other jobs they want to feel special um so i think that will be a good idea as well yeah i completely agree yeah is there any other advice you would give to to publishing hopefuls out there in dealing with the tough world of interviewing? <laughs> um, I think um, all the advice I'm going to give, I'm going to like listen to myself because I'm still in that phase. So um, uh, we're going to all learn together. Um, <laughs> I think just uh, trying not to fall into comparison, like uh, into comparing yourself to others. It's so easy said, and I'm struggling with that a lot as well. But like someone else's progress is not yours. Um, their time frame is not yours. They might have um, like things happening in their lives and you might have things happening in your life that might prevent you from doing things uh, or allowing you to do like things faster. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a great deal of luck in employment um, and just finding the right thing at the right time, being at the right place at the right time. So just um, you go at your own pace. Yeah, mine would be um, mine would be perseverance. Keep going, <laughs> no matter what, no matter how many times you've been rejected, keep going. I think the real winners in this industry are people that continue to apply, no matter what. I know it's it's it sucks and it's hard, but perseverance I think is really 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 important for just the ability to keep going because there's so many jobs out there. And I think, think outside the box, look at academic publishing, look at indie publishing. If you really want to work in publishing, they're so similar and they'll give you the experience that you need that if you do want to step across into trade at a later point in your life, you will be able to do that. But I think just applying for the big five really, really limits yourself and thinking broadly about what you would like to do is really important when applying for publishing roles. Indie publishing is the future. <laughs> Indie publishing is the mm -hmm. future. I agree. <laughs> and if I can plug in an event yeah. that we did with SYP Oxford recently, um, STM, um, we uh, did a myth busting event that I co-hosted actually. Um, and we, um, 
<laughs> pep talk and like promotion sorry um but yeah so we we kind of um um yeah like just explored something that was less common in publishing let's say because people always go uh towards trade or now a bit more academic i think but um just opening up some parts of the industry that are not um really sought after and other jobs that can give you transferable skills as well as you said yeah 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 as a person that currently works in academic i think they're making really really interesting moves lots of pushing sort of to digital and things like that it's a really interesting place to be at the moment i would definitely as as i mean as someone who has recently left academic publishing unfortunately i have moved to, uh, <laughs> i have moved to a trade publisher yeah. but i'm still doing academic marketing so i feel like i can still i can still <laughs> speak, for, speak for academics there is so much i think particularly the push to digital i think is definitely leading in, in academics mm -hmm. leading the way so that is yeah don't dismiss it just because you can't necessarily go into waterstones and see the book on the shelf there's still so much to learn um and yeah it's uh take whatever opportunities you can i think and often apply for everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the key <laughs> but yeah and but you know we say apply for everything um yeah, make sure that your cv is tailored your cv and cover letter yes. is tailored because that is always yeah that is definitely something that they will they will be looking for you, yeah, i think you have definitely. to care basically to to have, to deal with rejection uh better is just to learning to care and to just um persevere and um look forward always yes definitely yes I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on job rejection <laughs> before we sign off for the podcast. Just keep on smiling. Keep on keep yeah. on going. Yeah. Yes, it will to end to end on a positive note. It will get better. It will be okay. That one job you had your heart set on, there will be another. So Yes, there always will always it was meant to be will be exactly <laughs> we'll we'll end on that one thank you so much for joining <laughs> me it's been really really lovely chatting to you and thank you to everyone for joining us and listening and we hope that you'll join us again soon i hope you enjoyed this episode of the syp podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon don't forget to check out syp oxford on twitter at syp underscore oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.